are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Wow. Say wow. Say it backwards. Oh, you're doing well. Let's say it upside down. You are doing very well. Just wave to me and smile. Let me just, uh, it's usually the way I just connect. I get to see everybody would, wow. I wanted to share a little bit of the background of global mission awareness. Uh, I think it was back in 1999 during one of our greatest breakdowns that we had actually a breakthrough. And so I'm just saying that even as an encouragement, because for some of you that maybe been in a winter season and you forgot that springtime is coming. For some of you, maybe have had a very, very long Friday and you do not realize that Sunday is coming. And if it was not for the darkest moments of our life, we wouldn't have global mission and awareness today. So it looks like there was a sunset of one vision and dream, and it looked like there was a death to that dream and vision. But that became also the seed of something that was taking place. And that was in 1999 that we, as a family, we came together and we started to dream. We had just been kicked out of the denomination that we were part of. Kicked out of the, we got a left foot of fellowship. (laughs) And it still hurt a little bit. I don't know if you've been there, but we got introduced to something different. So this is part of our journey and a small little funeral home. A few of us got together and we started to pray. And God started to give us a vision. And it came in a seed format. And the beautiful part now, that seed has become a beautiful tree with a lot of, lot of fruits. And now we're about to see an orchard into the future. So if the very God could take a little seed 20 years ago and make that into a beautiful tree with a lot of fruit in 22 nations. So we're not praying for revival. We do have revival. And we are living in revival. It is a revival fire that is burning. And it's burning brightly without burning out. Because we are burning oil of intimacy with our lover. So we're just seeing that the very fire of God is touching that oil. And then the wind is coming in and it's sparking fires and it's sparking throughout the nation. So we were just together last weekend and we had a 20-year anniversary celebration at Castle Rock. And it was so much fun because people were coming in from Pakistan, from China, from all over the world. They were just coming in and we were celebrating together. And Steve and Lindy and Ron and Carol and a few people from the Bethel family. And we are so honored that we are part of this family. Uh, I came here a little over 10 years ago. And it was actually Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton and Danny Silk that was doing an event in Noonan. And then eventually uh, something happened with Bill where he was not able to come. So Chris Vallotton called and said, could you take his place? And then uh, that was when I met Steve and Lindy. And about a few months later, I came here to, it was in a different building at that time period, but I met the Bethel family and we made a decision. We want to move. We want to be part of some of the things we are seeing that God is doing, what God is up to and what God is blessing. And there was about 10 cities where we looked at, but we knew at that moment that we were supposed to come to Atlanta. And we've been here now for over eight years and uh, I'm more in love today than I was eight years ago. And I just... And I know it's going to kind of be a little creative miracle because my spirit is so full and there's so much things that is just, yeah, it's just burning in me. Uh, just feeling very overwhelmed. And whatever overwhelms you, shapes you. 
And uh, last night I was just uh, being very, very much in, overwhelmed by the very river of God. And I just realized when Steve asked, uh, would you like to speak? And uh, to be honest, I wanted just to sit and relax because Tuesday morning I'm heading down to Chile, South America. And we have about 3,000 young leaders from pretty much every Spanish-speaking country in the world. And we're just feeling that we are supposed to raise up some of the sons and daughters of the previous revival. Uh, I remember about 10 years ago, I sat with Carlos Anaconda and some of the leadership we met in Houston. And I just realized that the next generation, if we don't bring up the next generation of revivalists, and that's part of the reason I'm going to Chile again on Tuesday, is there's a new generation that's taking place all over South America. Wow. And then I'm coming home on Sunday morning, so just pray for me. And as I'm coming home Sunday morning, the same day after nine-hour flight, I turn around on Sunday, going to Korea and then to Penang, Malaysia. And then eventually there we have another family gathering, and that's our 20-year anniversary in Penang, Malaysia, and we have about 25 nations coming together there, and we're going to continue our celebration because we honor the roots so that we can be entrusted with the fruits. And if there was a few things that I want to just kind of, a, even before GMA became a reality, I've been in ministry now for 36 years full time, so I know I'm very, very young, but I, I thought about, I'm going to talk a little bit about the river of God today. Because I feel this is for the Bethel family. I know we've had a lot of rain lately. <laughs> uh, and maybe we've had a little bit too much rain lately in the natural. So I was so grateful yesterday that uh, the sun was shining. And I went up to the city of Atlanta. And my son, Leif Emanuel, and I, we were just walking around. I think for about three hours, we just walked around. And it was just so beautiful. And I'm in love with the city. I'm in love with our city. When I'm landing in Atlanta, I get tears in my eyes knowing that this is my city. And that's one of the things in me where you have authority over what you love. And you also have authority over what you weep over. So be aware of your tears in this season. That when you start to be broken over something that is broken at the Father's heart. That's connected to your identity as a lamb. Then you can rise up as a lion of the tribe of Judah. And you have an opportunity to roar into those settings. And I saw that with some of the injustice in our city, I do believe that we have an opportunity to arise and shine. For our light has come. We do not have a darkness problem in Atlanta. We have lack of light. But I thought about just sharing a little bit of the background that some of you maybe do not know about. But my wife and I, we were in Norway, and I was a Baptist pastor when I heard that something unusual was taking place in a place called Toronto. They called it actually, it was supposed to be called that there was a father's blessing, but they call it the Toronto blessing. One of my elders, he came up to me, it was in 94, January 94, this renewal. And why is that important? Because what is happening here at Bethel Atlanta is connected to that. We are connected. We are river folks, if you didn't know. We are river people. We live by rivers. And, and so this is going to be very important for us to understanding some of our roots and even how Bill Johnson was connected to that river and, and how we are still drinking from that river. Because when you're drinking from the river, you're drinking from God. When you're releasing the river, you're releasing God. When you are in the river, you're in God. So we're going to actually connect to this river that I believe that God is already starting. And we're seeing that for some are experiencing ankle deep. Other ones has gone up to your knees. Some of you it's up to the waist. Some of you are, you're about to be drowned in the river. Whoa. 
It is very, very dangerous when you start to drown in that river because the river will take control. So, so in, 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 in January 94, we started to hear this thing. And then in May, one of my elders says, Pastor, you are very dry. And I was wondering, is that a compliment or something? <laughs> and he used to work for British Petroleum. And he said, would you come over to England? At Queen's Road Baptist Church, there is a move of God's spirit. And the pastor there, his name was Norman Moss. And a man named Nicky Gumbel and Sandy Miller. A few of them, they went over to Toronto. They came back again to England. And this river started to flow. And, and I didn't know exactly what they were talking about. But I still remember in May... In a Baptist church, Wimbledon, uh, I was sitting there, and we kind of was honored because our elder there knew some of the leadership. And then eventually, right before communion, he said, we have some visitor from Norway, would you come up? And me and my elder, we stood there, and this river that they had just tasted from in Toronto started to leak. And I first felt it around my feet. And it was one of my first experiences. Before you know it, I laid on the floor right in the front of the communion table. And constantly I was thinking about what if some of my deacons would see me. Because I was laying there and the river was just all over us. And in August I had another encounter with a river. So this started my journey that I started to drink from this river. To make that story short, in 95, June 6, 1995, Randy Clark was actually coming to a small little town. And that was the first time I experienced that the river took over. I call it my baptism of the Holy Spirit experience. If you're Pentecostal, you will maybe argue some theological with me. But I'd already prayed in tongues for 10 years. But I was still not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe that the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the power to live the Jesus life. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can be my witness, starting in your Jerusalem, then in your Judea, Samaria, and eventually to the uttermost part of the world. But that day, June 6, 1995, I stood in line when Randy Clark was sharing some stories about the river. And I was thirsty, and I knew from John 7 that whoever is thirsty, come and drink. And my desperation level was greater than my fear level. And I stood there in line and Randy just touched him, blessed him, filled him. And I saw the Salvation Army guy was just filled by the river. And then I saw the Assembly of God and then the Lutheran. And he went down the line and we came to me and he says, you are a bulldozer. I'm thinking, no, I'm a Baptist pastor. I didn't know much about prophecy. And I see you as a bulldozer going into the darkest places in the world where the gospel has never been before. And this light is following after you. And in the next moment, I'm on the floor. It is electricity, fire. Electricity and fire. And this river just started to come and take over me. And I didn't realize before I was walking to this place where there's a train station as well as the bus station. And I was just walking by where I had walked before this encounter. But this time there was sitting a heroin addict that was sitting on the bench. When I walked by him, the power of God just hit him. And the person was just set free. And then I started to see, I mean, I didn't realize what's happening to me. And even in our city, it was a renewal then that started to take place in our little place in Norway, in a Baptist church. One Iranian refugee, Shia Muslim, the river took hold of him and he just got delivered. Actually started to tear off his clothes in our church during the deliverance. And I'm like, am I in trouble? (laughs) 
We had a man named Dr. Sergei Nikolaev. He was coming in. He was a conservative. He had just been teaching at, in Dallas at Dallas Theological Seminary. And he was coming to our Baptist church. And I was thinking that I, I'm going to have a little problem because this guy is a professor in theology, very conservative, conservative Baptist. But we have these river people now showing up. <laughs> and some of those river people are pretty strange people. <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, so here, here we are and I'm just trying to be as conservative as I could. And we introduced, and Dr. Sergei Nikolaev, he has this expository preaching, and he starts to teach. And in the next moment, you have these people in my choir, Baptist choir, just, oh. And before you know my choir, half of them are drunk in the spirit, ended up on the floor. And I decided I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, so I'm standing, and finally, Dr. Sergei Nikolaev, he looks at me, and he says, uh, because somebody just fell on the floor right by the side of him, and he's like, he said, I didn't do that. I didn't push him. And all I said, well, I didn't push him either. So like, like, I'm not responsible. It's you, Dr. Sergei. I mean, it was a very fun time. It was a very painful time. We had some of the people that experienced it to step into the river. And when they stepped into the river, their life was changed. One guy, his name was Newell. And Newell was part of Hell's Angels, was running the drug crime for Europe and amphetamine was full of drugs, full of crime. He had actually a dead skull tattoo, just full of demonic. And his brother's tears was just praying for his brother. And his brother was in the river. And when Newell, who is one of the leaders of Hell's Angels, a biker, he was there just ready to take his drugs. The river started to touch him. And Newell starts to be touched by the river. And the, mo the river took him into hell. And he literally described it was hell. And he ran through the snow five miles, barefooted in the snow, to find his brother. And the tears that came from this river of his brother was producing rain for Newell. And Newell got gloriously saved and transformed. And he is missionary in one of the most close countries in the world today. And I was just with him, and he has taken laser surgery, his whole body, of all these tattoos he had. And he is now in one of the driest places in North Africa, in the middle of ISIS territory. The river continued after all these years, and flowing into those ISIS. One drop of the river changes everything. So rivers are very important to me, and they are part of my life. And I just wanted to release some of the river here today. If we're going back in the beginning, say in the beginning. In the beginning, God. Say, begin with God. Everything begins with God. Genesis 1, 1. And it ends with God in Revelation 22. But if I took every one of us into the beginning, just so we can see the clear picture. In the clear picture in the beginning, there was a father, there was a son, there was a Holy Spirit. It was a family. In the beginning, there was a family. A family, and if you actually met the family in heaven, this is before creation. This is before there was a garden. This is before anything. Back to eternity past, there is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they had this brilliant idea. Let us, Father, Son, Spirit, let us make man in our image. Let's create a place on earth that looks like heaven. Let's create a family that loves the way we love that honors the way that we honor, that is interdependent like we are interdependent, that there's such a oneness over them. In the same way, if you're looking at the Father, he points to the Son. If you're looking at the Son, he points to the Spirit. You look at the Spirit, he points to the Son. The Son points to the Father. It's called the culture of honor, and honor is what love looks like. 
And this is the very culture that we are seeing. So they created, after six and a half days of creation, Papa God goes into the dust. And that's when you saw the creativity where God makes actually a picture of himself in the dust. And then he breathes his very life. He breathes his life into it. And Adam wakes up and says, Papa. The first Hebrew word for the father, it is A-B. Aramaic is Abba. So just imagine God breathes into the dust and Adam says, Papa. Papa, dad. What is the first face that Adam ever sees? It is the face of a loving father. What is the first voice that Adam ever hears? It is the perfect voice of a loving father. What is the first feeling that Adam ever had? It is the perfect love of his father. And then eventually Adam is placed in a place called Eden. Say Eden. The word Eden means delight and pleasure. He's placed in the delight and pleasure of his father. And then God does something. He puts Adam asleep. Say sleep. Because when we are resting, God is working. It's called the hard work of rest. Adam is asleep and then God does this beautiful surgery. But I want you to capture something. All you ladies wave to me. And I know I'm talking very fast. I just have so much in me. (laughs) All of you wave one more time. The Bible says that God brought Eve to Adam. This is a key verse. God brought Eve to Adam. Adam. So my question to all of you ladies, before Eve met Adam, who did she meet? If God brought Eve to Adam, which face did she see before she saw the face of Adam? Which voice did she hear before she heard the voice of Adam? Which love, which perfect love did she experience before she felt the love of Adam? Which presence did she experience the very presence of And she was placed in the pleasure and the delight of God. Eden means delight and pleasure. She is placed. And then God brought Eve to Adam. And God blessed them. So it starts with, say, let us. Then let them. Let us. Let them. Let us. Let them. So it starts with the alignment before the assignment. It starts with a family and it ends with a family. And then the Bible says in Genesis 2 that out of Eden, out of this place where Adam and Eve has become one. They're one with God. They're one with another. And then from the place of Eden, the place of the light, there is this river that flows. It is from that garden. It's from Eden that river flows. And that's the first river you find in Scripture. And then you will find the last river in Revelation chapter 22, where that river flows from God and the Lamb, from the throne of God and the Lamb. There is also a river, and wherever that river goes, it says it has healing leaves for the nations. Ooh, this kind of a thinking can lead to dancing, and you can become a joyful Christian. I want us just to look at the scripture. Let's open up a Bible to Ezekiel chapter 47. Oh, I got 21 minutes left. This is exciting. And 22nd. Wow. Genesis, excuse me, Ezekiel 47. Verse 1 through 12. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple 
and there was water flowing underneath the threshold of the temple towards the east. Say east. For the front of the temple faced east. Say east. The water was flowing from underneath the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Say altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man out of the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and he came up to my ankles. Say ankles. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me out to the waters and he came up to my knees. Say knees. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water and it came up to my waist. Say waist. And again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me back to the river. And when I returned there, Along the bank of the river, there were many trees on each side and on the other. Then he said to me, the water flows towards the east region, goes down into the valleys and enter the sea. And when it reaches the seas and the water, it is healed. And it shall be that every, and I want you to say this with me, say, and it shall be, and it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. Let's say that one more time. And it shall be. Every living thing that moves. Wherever the river goes. Will live. There will be a great multitude of fish. Because there's waters go there. For they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand. By it from end. And for spreading their nest. The fish would be on the same kind of a fish of the great sea, exceeding many. But its swamp marsh will not be healed. They will be giving over to salt along the bank of the river. And on the other side, it will grow kinds of trees for food, their leaves, and will not wither. And the fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. Say every month. Because their water flows from the sanctuary. Say sanctuary. The fruit will be food. And their leaves for medicine. Can you say amen? amen? I know that we just have a few moments to capture some of this. But when we came to the family gathering. And to put this story a little bit back. Uh, in the year 2007. I was visiting the Philippines. Where we had our family gathering. And uh, Paul Yado and Almira. We had about 700 leaders in that room. And Paul just reminded us when we were at the family gathering last week. And he said that this message was actually released. You released it here in 2007. And it just, I just remember the first time I actually preached this message was in 2003. But in 2007, we are gathered just like we are now. And while I was releasing this message from Ezekiel, I was just reading the scripture verses. I said some statement I didn't know I said. But all the people in that building, they just started to poke at me. And first I thought it's maybe my zipper down or something because they did this. And I didn't realize that above my head there was three orange feathers 
First, it was one feather this big, right in front of everybody. Came from nowhere, and it just started to soar over my head. Then the second feather came, and I was two feathers was just going, and it just stayed that way. And I didn't see it. Everybody else saw it. So I was looking around trying to figure out what was going on. And by the time the third feather came, finally somebody was kind enough to me to let me get in on it. And they pointed and said, Daddy Leif, Papa Leif, look above your head. And I looked up and I saw those three big orange feathers. And that is signs to make you wonder. Signs and wonders. The question is, what are we supposed to wonder about? I am coming from a Western worldview. I got so fascinated by these feathers. I actually grabbed them. And for several years, I had those feathers with me until my bag was stolen in Cuba. So this was some of my memory stones. So what I did with the audience afterwards that night, I took the feather and I said, hold out your hands. And I took the feather and gold dust just started to appear everywhere the feathers went. So we just had a lot of fun with these feathers. But my Filipinos, they are a little bit more wise than I am. I got so caught up in the feathers that I forgot what did God say when the feathers came. So they had a 10-day of fast in January of 2008. And during the 10 days, they watched this video over and over. And they noticed that there was no birds in the building. There was no chickens that had been fed into the air conditioning system. So they're watching the video and suddenly they are seeing that when he said, you're moving from an organization, institution, and a church, and you're going to be a family. When the word family said, the first feather came. And another statement, when another feather came, it says, the further the river goes, and it's going to continue to go deeper and deeper. Do not let this river become an end in itself, but let it flow to the nation. And then when I said that word, another feather came. So we had these three feathers that came. I didn't know I was saying these things. So 10 days afterwards, I got this call from Paul Yoder and said, Papa Leif, Daddy Leif, do you know what you said when the feathers came? And I said, no, I didn't. And again, I was so caught up in the feather. And then they started to describe it to me. And the fear of the Lord just came upon me. What does family look like? How was the family in heaven? How was that family where the river came from Eden, from this place of delight? The first place that that river went the, in Eden is the place of, there's four river heads. One has to do with multiplication. One has to do with miracles. One has to do with maturity. And another one has to do with the ministry. So when you're in this river, there's suddenly this increase like I just podcast, we had four podcasts this week. And one of them had just stepped into the river of abundance. And as we did the increase, one of the churches, they needed a church building. Somebody just came to him and says, here is a check. He just stepped into that river from the place of family into that place. And they just wrote out a check for $12 million for this property. They just opened up. Then I talked to somebody else just this week and somebody else is just coming with a similar land like this. And he has been dreaming about this land and building and everything else. And somebody is just coming alongside and says, hey, and, and these people have money and the resources just came along and said all the things. And he showed a dream, which was the same dream they've had, but they didn't have the resources and just showed a dream. And God says, I'm going to come here and I'm going to pay for all of that and no strings attached. And that's been two in one week. That I just realized is it's coming from this place of family. It's coming from this place of delight. The height of delight. As we delight ourselves in him, he gives us the desire of our heart. 
but it continues. You can study those different four river heads. But one of the things that I wanted to capture here, and Paul Yada beautifully described it at the family gathering. When he was coming to the family gathering, I said, son, I want you to talk about Ezekiel 47. Then I didn't know that the pastor of the church there, Pastor Mike, he had Ezekiel 47 and he started to share. Peter, who was not in that setting from Bridgeway Church, he came there and says, I have this word from Ezekiel 47. Then Heidi Baker came in on Friday. And Heidi Baker, when she spoke, she started to preach on Ezekiel 47. And Paul Yaddo in the next session, he was wondering, am I still going to do Ezekiel 47? I says, yes, you are. Just stay within your lane. God is breathing on something for Ezekiel 47. And I didn't realize that last time I was in church, I saw this river flowing here. And I have noticed more and more that there's an increase of that river and I think that's also some of the things we're experiencing in this tent. <laughs> Content or discontent, which tent do we live in? <laughs> and this is a beautiful tent. And I, it is an honor for me to one day be able to say and tell the story of after church, I always went to get my car clean. <laughs> I was sick when I went to Pakistan and I think it started, my feet were so cold and... <laughs> Full of mud. Where did you get that? Did you go hunting? No, I was in church. <laughs> I know there are some good testimony and stories I'm going to get from this. Especially right after I clean my carpet and then there's all this mud all over my carpet. and All these beautiful stories. But I want us to see and I want you to capture something. First of all, it is from the temple that the river flows. And by the way, each one of us, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We also, as a bigger family, we are a temple. We are his temple. So there's the corporate temple, but also the individual temple. Where the river starts to flow. And to stand there in the mosque and be able to see the river flowing into the mosque and change the atmosphere. We were just there and I was watching a little video earlier. We were in Kashmir in December. And many of you were praying for us. And I was just... Standing there with the Prime Minister of Kashmir and Dr. Marcus Fida. Some of us were standing on the step and you had international news media that was there. They were going to take this picture. We had just had three hours of just dinner together. So as I'm standing by the side of the Prime Minister, I start to feel the river. And I'm like, this is not a good time. <laughs> because we have all these, okay, everybody focus here. And, this was this, and I'm just... And before you know it, I'm like, I can't keep it. It's like this river of joy coming over me. So I'm just getting a little intoxicated. But then I'm watching. I have it on my phone. So if some of you privately will show it. So in the next moment, I start to see the prime minister. And then I see some of the other Muslim leaders there. And it just spread around. The atmosphere just changed because that's what the river does. You can walk into the classroom and you can release the river and you can change the atmosphere. Because when you release the river, you're releasing Jesus. You're releasing life. And wherever the river goes, there is healing. There's restoration. There is abundance. There is cleansing. There's also breakthrough in this river. So I'm just encouraging us to be sensitive to this river. The ones that is thirsty, come and drink. So the first thing we're seeing here is from the temple. But the second of all, the temples was turned towards east. Say east. And I'm feeling that this is also significant because your river is connected to your east. 
So my question is, where is your east? I can say what Randy Clark's east is, healing. What is Bill Johnson's east? What is Bill Johnson? There's several. Presence, apostolic, and we can just go on. And what is Benny Hinn's east? What was Billy Graham's east? And, and everyone here, you have an east. When you turn towards your east, that's when you're starting to see that the river starts to flow. What is your sweet spot? What is your conversion? What were you born to do? And for some of you as a school teacher, you're turning towards your east and the river will start to flow. If you are a journalist, turn yourself towards your east and the river will start to flow. So the temple is turned towards your east. So I'm encouraging you as an administrator, turn yourself towards your east. And there's a river that flows into supernatural administration. Find your east. Say, find my east. Oh, and then the next thing that we see, and ooh, time is running out. We know that he started to measure eventually, and the first place was up to my ankle. Say ankle. Oh, I love when we are getting experience the ankle. That was the first level. That's kind of when we get to jump and splash in the river. How many like that? Uh, oh, I love when we just get to splash in the river. And I will never, I want you to know that you will never get upgraded from, or excuse me, you will never mature out of joy. Yes. Don't never take for granted. I, it always starts with a joy when my feet, tired feet, weary feet, some that has been stumped on, dirty feet. But when they come in the river, something starts to happen. There is this love and joy and peace. There's things that has been released. So it's time for us to jump in the river and splash in the river. And as little children, this is the childlike stage. This is like being little children with Papa God. And we need to be like little children to enter the kingdom, jump in the river and splash in the river and experience in the river. That's the first and starting point. But I want to encourage you, we cannot change the nations by just splashing in the river. And I know some people, they have just continued to splash in the river and they can't wait just to the next splash. But there is more. Say there is more. So he took and he measured another and it's actually 1,500 feet. 1,000 cubits. When he measured another 1,500 feet. Now this is a little bit more scary. You're moving a little bit deeper and it goes right above your knees. And it does something when the river touches your knees. It does something with you. This is the place brought of humility. There's a place of brokenness when the river touches your knees. There's also a place of warfare that is taking place. Where now I'm taking up also my sword and I'm going to fight for something. This has to do with more mature sons and daughters, the young men. It's not just to be like little children, but we are growing up a family here with maturity. So if we're going to see three, four hundred fathers and mothers for this next move, and one of the reasons we don't have much fish is because he's raising up fathers and mothers to take care of the children. He doesn't want a million orphans in Atlanta. He wants a million sons and daughters. So he's raising us up into maturity. And to do that, we have to step from just being ankle deep to moving in and letting our knees be touched by the river. And it affects our knees. But then there's more. Say there is more. And then he moves deeper into the river where the river eventually is waist deep. I don't know if you remember the first time you went waist deep. But you can start to swim by now. You're still a little bit in control. And you can still move around. But what you're going to see now is the mature sons and daughters. These are the given sons and daughters. 
And you can be a son and daughter of blessing by splashing in the river. And you're going from an orphan to be a son by getting in the river. But there is more. It touches your knees, but even your reproductive system. Now you start to produce other people around you. You're raising up other sons and daughters around you. It is no longer about what I can get, but what can I give? It is no longer how can I be blessed, but who can I be a blessing to? So you start to see, you start to reproduce. And an evidence of people that are up to their ways is they are producing around them. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And you are now in the river, and the river is in you. But say there is more. And he continued, and we know the story, it continued more and more until eventually it was above his head. And that's when you see the fathers and mothers in this move. That's people that they are drowning in the river, they are drowning in his perfect love, they are drowning in his joy. But also by being drowned in that river is actually where you find freedom. It's like a fish in water, it's like an eagle in the sky, sons and daughters in this river. That's when glory is being released. That's what you were born to do. That's when you can arise and shine for your light has come. That's when we are living out from fullness, no longer measure. And let me just, ah. Am I talking too fast? But also I do believe that here's my heart for our church and our family. I love what we have here. And what we get experience, I've been in the river today. I make sure even to go on my knees to making sure that it's not just my feet that is going to be touched. And some of you are just on the level right now. And I encourage you just to get your feet wet. And it's a beautiful thing. So never, because even David, after he thought it would be drowned in his river, there was still something in David while he was looking at his throne. David said, oh, I wish I could go back and drink from that pure water of Bethlehem that was near the gate. Well, David says, oh, I remember how it was when I was just touching the river with my feet. Back when I played a harp, but with no agenda. When he worshipped, not because he was going to be a worship leader, or before, because he was going to stand before a king, but because that's who he was. Well, David remembered the Bethlehem season when he was practicing his sling, not because he was going to kill a giant, but because that's what he loved to do. And I think all of us, we just need sometimes to go back to our first love. And just go back to that river and be playful in the river and just get our feet wet in the river. And not get so overwhelmed where we're going. And when you feel a little bit overwhelmed towards your future, it's time for you to go back to your future. Get back again to get wet on your feet. Get back again to the joy. Get back again to <laughs> the one that is thirsty. Just come and just come and drink. And then from your innermost being, there's going to be rivers and rivers of water that's going to start to flow. And whatever the river goes, there is going to be life in every season. All my heart is to be able to see not just the city of Atlanta, but to see the river of God touching our city, every aspect of our city, from the homeless to the rich. Every color fish, there's going to be a lot of fish wherever the river goes. All kinds of fish. And some fish are smelly fish. So let's get ready. It's not going to be the same way when all this fish is coming in. But wherever the river goes, there's going to be fish. But also part of my assignment for our family is to making sure that we're going to take this river to the least and the last and the lost. To the driest places in the world. We're going to take it to the river, to the Middle East. To the very one that has never experienced the river of life. And everybody is going to experience, to taste and see how good.
Papa God is. I know what I need to land this, but can we stand to our feet? If anyone is thirsty, do we have any thirsty people in here? Anyone is thirsty. He says, come, come and drink, drink, drink. And I'm in a season in my life, even as we did a 20-year celebration, there's the one side of me could say, wow, we've done that. But I'm getting back again thirsty just to drink, drink, drink. And then from your innermost being, there's going to be, there's going to be flow rivers and rivers of life. Some of you just perhaps today tired, your feet is tired where you've been walking. And some of you just need to come in there and put your feet in that water and start to play again in that water. For the ones you may be experiencing the joy and the presence and the pleasure and all the benefits. But I just want to encourage you, it's time for us to have fun again. When did it stop being fun? My wife asked me that a little over a year ago. We sat at the kitchen table. And I've been so focused on taking the river to the nation, I forgot about splashing. I forgot about just being a little boy with a papa. I forgot about just the small, small beginning and what it's all about. So I'm always going back to the future. Back to the basics. Back to letting my feet. It starts with my feet. And then up to my knees. And then from my knees... All the reproductive aspect of us up to our waist. And even to be able to swim. But there is more. And then eventually allowing that river just to come and take us into places. That we will drown in his perfect love. <laughs> drown in his joy. Drown in his peace. Whoa! Because wherever the river flows, there is life. And life in every season. I'm just sensing for people... If you are thirsty, I want you just to come. I know the ministry team is going to be here. We're about a minute over, but I think it is worth it. But I, I do know that there's a river going on here. And I'm thirsty for something more. I do want to splash. I want my feet wet. I want my feet clean. I want my sore feet to be touched by the river. I do want to be able to be overwhelmed. Sure. I just felt that I wanted to read uh, Psalm 47 4. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. And I just even released, we heard that Atlanta is a Zion. It is the city of God. There is a river whose stream shall make glad Atlanta, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Father, I just thank you for my family here. And I thank you for the privilege that we get to be part of the greatest move that the Holy Spirit, the greatest outpouring that we've ever seen the Holy Spirit do. Even today, while we are gathered here, 30,000 people will be saved in China today. Another 28,000 people will be saved in Africa today. Another 25,000 people in Latin America. I want you to know that the river is flowing and it's flowing into the nations. The river is flowing here and we are a river family. So Father, I just ask now that the river is going to touch my feet today. Touch my knees. 
touched by waves. And I'm willing to be drowned in that river. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.